Welcome back to the Biblos Network. We are so glad that you have decided to join with us. This is the Nexus edition of Biblos, otherwise known as the It's Late at Night, I'm Ready to Go Home and Go to Bed edition. But we're going to have a great session here tonight. We have um, some great things in store for you guys. We are in the middle of the Nexus Conference here in Durham, North Carolina. So if you are able, get the family and the friends and and the people of God and come and enjoy services with us. We had a great service tonight. Tomorrow night, Brother Matt Tuttle is going to be preaching. Tomorrow morning, Brother Tim Adams is going to be preaching in our morning session. So we would love to have you guys there. But tonight, we have a special guest with us. We've had him here before on Biblos, and we had a great time together. He preached for us here the first night of Nexus and did a fabulous job. It's great to have evangelist Taylor Fish with us back again tonight. So glad to be here. Excited about what God's doing. Hey Amen. You were um, kind of doing your radio uh, voice dynamic here before, and you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you got it down, man. Yes, sir. I try. Yeah. We're yeah. glad everybody's here with us on Biblos today. <laughs> <laughs> you got that tone, man. Um, well, you've been preaching, um, having revivals. God's been moving here the last several months since you've been with us here in Durham. And um, you've just, you just been having a great time in the Holy Ghost. I, I see the reports coming in. Yes, sir. Uh, we had a we had a great revival at our home church. It was actually the first time that I had been back to my home church to preach a revival. We had 101 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wow, wow, wow. I really have not even released this report, but I guess I'll do it right now. Um, my father, son, uh, anybody that's heard me preach probably heard me preach about my upbringing and my father uh, being away from God. He was backslid, he backslid for 23 years. 23 years. In this revival, my father came to the altar and prayed through after 23 years. Wow. So just an incredible victory. He's doing great. God's doing great things with me. I actually brought him with me to preach at 238 Conference in Bakersfield. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, it's it's always kind of been our dream to travel together. Yeah. And uh, just, man, just a prime example, um, it doesn't matter where you, where you come from. If you'll just be consistent, man. God will use you to even reach your own family. Boy, it's the truth. And um, anyway, it's it's got to be one of the biggest highlights of my ministry, you know, preaching uh, preaching the revival that my father prayed through in Thank after you, 23 Jesus. years. So uh, just incredible revival, God doing great things. The Bible talks about patient continuance and well-doing. And um, why well, you just don't know. You just don't know the miraculous things. I look back on some things in my life, and I, I never dreamed God would bring me to certain places and do certain things. Things I thought were impossible, God unfolds them yes sir i love it man congratulations i'm so happy I'm for you guys thrilled about it man it's a, his name is winston fish jr anybody that's listening put him on your prayer list god's going to use him greatly i'm jesus name it. we'll be praying well you preached a great message tonight man um rooftop giants yes sir you told the story of david and how he conquered goliath and and was a great warrior and he ascended up and God kept him and sustained him. And what made him great was his reliance upon God, his seeking the face of God, his private battles became public victories. And um, you then got into Bathsheba 
and how that there are giants we face when we become successful. So just, I want to take just a couple minutes and just touch on that because I felt like that was like the message for this generation right now. This digital um, iPhone, Android, smartphone generation that it's so easy to get ensnared. Easier than it's ever been. Yes, sir. Well, uh, as as I kind of preached about here tonight, um, I spoke about Goliath being, you know, Goliath is the giant that everyone thinks of when you hear that David faced a giant. Um, but that was not his most deadly giant. The most deadly giant that Goliath or, or that David ever faced was the giant on the rooftop after he had become king, after he had killed his ten thousands. Um, Israel had already sang, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. Um, you know, at this point, David has he has all authority in Israel. Armies answer to him. Uh, at this point, David he, he he's. He's a warrior. He's he's rich. He's blessed. He's anointed. He's not just been anointed by the by the prophet, but he's been anointed and accepted by the people. And uh, here he is in this elevated place. He's on the rooftop. He's untouchable. If if you would like to say that, he's he's untouchable. And he encounters the most deadly giant that any of us could encounter. And that's the giant that nobody sees. Mm. Um, you know, when ev- all of Israel saw Goliath in the valley of Eli, but we, um, you know, nobody, all of all of Israel's out fighting. You know, they're they're fighting this day that David is uh, is on the rooftop and he encounters a giant opportunity. Wow. A giant opportunity to fail God, a giant temptation, a giant opportunity to really put the the entire kingdom in jeopardy, and um, ultimately he, as I said tonight, we don't see it in Scripture. We don't necessarily see it that way. But David falls off the roof, if yeah. you will. Yeah, he fall. He's in that great elevated place, but he makes a big mess and falls into secret sin he begins to cover up sin there's there's murder involved and at the end of the day one of, one of the saddest scriptures in you know in second samuel 11 it, it says that that david displeased the lord mm. if there's anything that i want to do it's please the lord yeah, yeah. What, what what bigger goal do we have than to please the lord enoch walked with god and he was not because the Lord took him. He had the testimony that he pleased God. David, to say that about David, that's got to be one of the most difficult things David ever had to endure. Literally, he, his, his words were, um, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And, you know, the baby that was born from the union, uh, the adulterous relationship, it, it died. And so there are dreams that die because they're born in circumstances that aren't of God. And um, even when you read about Abraham and Hagar, 
and Ishmael is born from that. God does not recognize Ishmael as an heir of promise. And one of, one of the things, it's this little verse in Genesis that jumped out at me one day. Abraham's talking to God. God's talking to Abraham. And Abraham says, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And there's this, you see these people reaching out and grabbing a hold of these hopes and dreams, but they're dashed because they're done in the flesh. They're done outside the will of God. You made the statement about just making a mess of your family. Yeah. How many people have done it? How, how many people have allowed that? You know, I cannot tell you how many times. And again, I, I'm not someone that just always wants to shed light on the negative, but I cannot tell you as, and I've, we've preached coast to coast, multiple organizations, you know, all throughout Pentecost. But I can't tell you how many times I walk in, I walked into a church and someone had just taken that church a, a couple years before and they took a mess of a situation because somebody who was an incredible minister, somebody who was an incredible preacher, uh, somebody that looked almost untouchable. The people loved. Yeah. And you know, people put so much stock in and, and you know, hung their self on almost, you yeah. know, um, fell into some just horrible sin. And you get there and it used to be a revival church, but now they're re they're in rebuild mode, Yeah, you know? And, um, you know, when, when God elevates you, when, when God elevates you in the eyes of the people as, as it did David, you know, <laughs> not much, not what much would have happened if David would have messed up in the field. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, and that's why that rooftop giant waited. Wow. You know, I, I believe, you know, I believe there, I believe there's, you know, spirits never die. One thing Bishop White has always taught us is spirits never die. They just change clothes. You know, there's always, there's always going to, uh, be that devil that recognizes the anointed one. And one thing we got to realize about the adversary is the adversary is so, so patient and he will allow you to get to the rooftop before he even tries to come. Well, you touched on that. And the purpose there is not just for you. Yeah. It wants to destroy the whole work of God and the devastation that that is like a bomb. goes. Oh, off. it wants, it wants one preacher to cause, you know, it wants one preacher that goes bad to cause people to say all preachers are bad. Yeah. You know, it wants to cause doubt in the ministry. And I really, I really believe that's, that's why people like you and I and, uh, you know, ministers across Pentecost and, um, you know, pillars in the church and singers and, and musicians and um, anointed young people, you know, I mean, we're always an elder to someone. Someone's always yep. looking to us. Yeah. I believe that's why we've got to live lives of integrity and consecration. Um, I had a note on my phone. I don't even know if I said it tonight. You know, sometimes you get to preach and you don't even yeah. remember all was said, but I have this here. And that is that the anointing does not replace humility and character. And the, the anointing does not replace consecration. Wow. The anointing does not place uh, does not replace convictions, solid convictions, safeguards, guidelines, uh, 
boundaries that you put in your life. And um, the bottom line is David should have been David should have been at war, but he took the day off. Hell doesn't take a day off. You said that. That was such a good statement. Yes, sir. Um, people confuse God's favor with his anointing. And David was anointed. Saul was anointed. Yeah. And not in favor. And God anoints people because he loves his people. He Because he knows they need that voice and he empowers people. Yeah. But because you feel his anointing on you, does not mean that he is in favor necessarily of what you're doing. If you're cruising on a gifting and a, and a charisma that you've learned how to harness, whether it's you learn to preach or you learn to sing, it's a dangerous thing. It is a, it is a fatal thing eventually. Yeah. If you learn to get into a pulpit or a place of ministry and you haven't prayed, and you haven't sought the face of God, and you're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost, eventually Saul makes a complete wreck of everything in his life because he, he's anointed, but but he does not have uh, that favor from the Lord. Um, you look in Scripture, there may be one, but I don't see one, where Saul ever truly built a valid altar mm. in his life. I think about the, I think about the, altar that you know they build you know after the victory over the Amalekites you know and everything's supposed to be dead but he begins to say you know what some of this is some of this is okay some of this is good mm -hmm. and begins to offer things that were supposed to be dead anyway you yeah. know that was not a valid altar and then we see him he goes from being an anointed king to a, a rejected king. There's nobody, no matter how talented they are, no matter how, how anointed they are, no matter when they preach, everybody in the building gets the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nobody that, that's irreplaceable. Mm -mm. Not nobody. at all. Not at all. Whew. Um, what did Paul say? He said, we gave place to them not for an hour. Um, God knoweth. He, uh, how does he say it? He's no respecter of persons. Um, it's a phrase Paul used. He knew the frailty of our humanity and how. Well, how, what did he say? He said, even I can be a castaway. Yeah. After having preached to others. Yeah. After, after, I mean, he said after having preached to others, but now we can say after writing half of the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. After, after, you know, talking to angels in the middle of a storm, you know, the even I can be a, be a castaway. You're taught, we are talking about this secret sin here. And I, you know, one of the, one of the, the worst things that can ever happen to anybody in secret sin is for them to just get by mm. and get by. It's so dangerous to just get by. Yeah. Cause then you learn how to sing and get by. Yeah. Then you learn how to, you know, to teach your Sunday school class and get by. And, but the truth is you're never truly getting by. You're creating cycles and patterns. Yes. And really you're in the danger zone. If we were to go out, you know, if you were to go out in the woods somewhere and there was a electric fence that said high voltage, do not touch, you know, you wouldn't, there's no way we'd jump into that. But the moment someone crosses over into sin and they begins, they, 
and we're all going to fall short. But the moment people get into that cycle of deliberate sin, you're in the danger zone. You know, um, what did David say? He said, cleanse thou, O me, from, from secret, secret faults. That's exactly what he said. He was aware that that had to happen. And, and there was another phrase he said in that same verse, um, what man can understand his ways. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you if you read that scripture, there's a, you know, he says, cleanse thou me from secret faults. Uh, deliver me also from presumptuous sins. And mm-hmm. then he he makes a statement and he says, uh, let not let not sin have dominion over me. Wow. So really you see a process of what sin does. You see that at first it starts out as a secret. Then it becomes deliberate and willful. And you know what, preacher, you better not preach to me. Yeah. You know, I don't want anybody talking to me about how my house is, you know. And then it gets to the place where sin has dominion over you and sin calls the shots. Yeah. You look in the garden and Adam was given dominion. But because of Adam's sin, dominion changed hands because we see somebody was leaving. Either the serpent's leaving or or Adam's leaving. Or Adam's leaving, yeah. And we see that Adam forfeited dominion Mm. because of secret sin. He hid himself. He hid himself. It was secret sin. The Bible describes... um, in the book of Joel chapter two, when it talks about the spirit being poured out on all flesh, it describes the years that God would restore. And it says the year that the, how did it say it? The canker worm, the palmer worm, and the caterpillar have eaten. And I thought those were three consuming influences. Canker worm, palmer worm, uh, caterpillar. But I was talking to a friend of mine, but Tim Haddon, he, he told me, he said, you know, Nathaniel, he said, those aren't three separate insects. They're three stages of maturation of the locust. And so it begins with the canker worm. Wow. It becomes the palmer worm. It becomes the caterpillar, but the caterpillar is then going to morph into the locust, and that is the devourer. Now, I don't want to go too far out in the weeds on this, but I find it interesting that John the Baptist ate locusts. Um, he devoured that which devoured him. Uh, <laughs> and you might have to drizzle a little honey on that thing. <laughs> but you know, if hell has enlarged itself, then we're coming after hell. And we're going to encompass and take dominion and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So um, John devours the devourer. You talked about you've got to cast it down. You've got to cast down that imagination. Yeah, because everyone, I mean, and, and that's the message. Everyone is going to have a rooftop giant. Every, every young person, you know. When, when's the, the rooftop giant show up in a young person's life after they have sold out? Mm. You know, they've sold out. They've killed Goliath. You know, they're, they're doing the best they ever had. They're teaching Bible studies. The next thing you know, 
there's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I, the, the rooftop giant, he, he'll wait till you, he'll wait till you're preaching. He'll wait till you, to, till you're doing something great for God. And then he wants to, he wants to show up and make you fall off the roof. Specializes in that. Yeah. And I, I, I talked about tonight, you know, um, the on, when, when the only way that people knew that David had won anything when he first is about to fight Goliath, they're like, man, here's Saul's like, here's my armor. It don't fit. It don't fit at all. You know, it's way too big. They're like, man, how can this boy even fight? And he's like, well, I killed the lion and I killed I killed the bear, you know. I believe we even talked about this scripture last last mm-hmm. time from an evangelism standpoint, but whole different standpoint here. He said, I you know, I, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, I saved the lamb, you know. But truthfully, it's just hearsay, you know. I mean, that nobody saw that. It was a it was a private battle. Yeah. And I've heard it said my whole life, and I believe it, that um, you know, if if you'll win some private battles, God will give you a public battle. You know, teach those Bible studies. You know, uh, pray pray and pray them hours a day. Have some all night prayer meetings. Get some victories. You know, yeah. Um, get some private victories that nobody sees, and then there'll there'll be this. You know, there'll be this Goliath moment where God elevates you and sets you up and lets lets the world hear your voice. Yeah. You know. Well, I. I guess what David forgot is even though he had he was now on the stage of public battles and public victories, uh, he 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 forgot that he still had private battles. Mm. And you know, I, I've heard it. I've heard it said so much. If you'll have, if you'll have. Uh, private victories then you'll have public victories well this is what i say if you'll have private victories then you have public victories but you better keep having some private victories because even after your public victories there's going to have to be some commitments and you're going to have to say no to some things and there's going to be man that there's going to be every wind of doctrine that comes you know and and tries to tempt you and tries to get you sideways there's going to be there's going to be voices that try to try to mess up your marriage and mess up your ministry and uh, we've got to have some we've got to have some private victories even though we've had public ones i want to touch on one more thing before we wrap up um but before i do that i want to i want to make an announcement this actually uh, concerns you <laughs> uh, i want to tell the audience about the upcoming connection conference um it's going to be in nashville tennessee march 21st and 22nd and the host pastor there is by the wd hilton a great group of guys that are down there they are coming together the theme is i am a soul winner this these are revival people one of the speakers is brother taylor fish also, Brother Dwayne Uzzle, Brother Cornelius Williams. All soul winners. Dynamic soul winners, kingdom people. So put that on your calendar, March 21st and 22nd. You do not want to miss that. You can go to vlcnash.com, Connection 24. You can follow them on Connection Conference, C-N-X-N-C-O-N-F. 
Connection Conf. And um, make plans to attend, visit the website, book your hotel room, and there's more additional information on there. So you guys don't wanna miss out on that. Make every effort to be there. Those are revivalists. Um, all right, well, before we wrap up, Brother Fish, I wanted to just, the reason this resonated with me is because so many people battle private temptation. The, the power of a cell phone, the digitization of our lives, in a moment you have access to a cornucopia of information and um, you can get in trouble fast. Images are, you know, David is on a rooftop and he sees a woman bathing. Well, all you gotta do is push a button. Yeah. And you said it has never been easier to live in secret sin than today. It was a statement. It was a powerful statement. And that resonates with a lot of people today because the Bible described um, the day that sin would abound and the love of many would grow cold, would wax cold. We're in that day. Yeah. It is in our pocket. It is in our hand. And um, so what you said about this rooftop giant, I believe it is in this day. And if we're going to be the revival church, we've got to confront it. We've got to be aware of it. And we have got to get off the rooftop and into the battlefield. Yes, there was a day when kings went to battle. Kings yeah. must go to battle. Yeah. So you really, it, it helped us here at Nexus to deal with that secret dynamic that we're facing in 2024. Yeah. Any last words on that before we wrap up? Yeah. What would you tell? What would you tell I, a young adult, somebody that that was grappling with that and and needs victory? And what are I you? Think, I think you're either going to have a secret place of prayer or a secret place of sin. Mm. Truthfully, I Boom. I think you're either going to have a secret place of prayer or a secret place of sin. I now let, let me say this. I mean, I believe we've got to have accountability. You know. Um, as a married man, my wife has every, <laughs> you know, yeah. she can see everything I do. She has every, in every passcode, every anything, you know, I, I believe in filters and all that kind of stuff, you know, but the, at the end of the day with the way this, the, the way the world is, everything is so accessible. As you said, it's nothing to be scrolling through Instagram and an ad pop up. Mm -hmm. I, I've even had things as crazy as, you know, one day I was sitting next to my wife and, and a text message pops up, some random, some random text message of really what it is. It's one of these bots somewhere, you know, they target, yep. they target men. I know, oh, I'm yes. sure it's happened to everybody. Well, I'm sitting there and I, I start getting these weird texts. I just gave, give my phone to my wife. I said, I'm just letting you know, I don't know what this is. Well. I don't even know what all happened, but she blocked the number and all that. Um, I, I think in the, the message I preached about tonight, it's, I think what's so important is David stopped engaging with heaven. And when, when he got off the battlefield and said, you know what, I know, I, sh I know where I should be. I know I should be warring right now. I know I should be praying, but I'm not. That's what allowed him to fall into that secret place of sin. So I, I believe in, I believe in prayer closets mm. and, um, times of, you know, there, there, if somebody is, is listening, and you're struggling with pornography, man, it's, 
it's not a bad thing to to get away from your phone for a while or go to a flip phone whatever you've got to do some something's something's got to die it's either going to be that or your ministry and you're going to make up your mind what it's going to be yeah but um i think you can consecrate your way out of whatever sin you're dealing with there's no doubt that's the promise of christianity that's why jesus comes to this earth it's why he dies on golgotha the place of the skull people have long pointed out that he the battle was there in at the place of the skull he was going to conquer the mind Mm. and conquer the thoughts of men blood and water flowed upon the skull that's it that's got to happen take up that cross every day yeah it's it's non-negotiable hell doesn't take a day off yeah you know telling telling yourself no that is <laughs> in in 2024 self-denial is like the last thing we do yeah 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 <laughs> but if anybody's gonna follow me before he can even take up the cross Let what's he got to do himself. he's got to deny himself there's we're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell yourself no i've got to tell myself no and uh, only then when i start telling Taylor Fish no to some things. Am I willing to take up a cross mm. and even think about doing the will of God? Isn't that something? You know, if I can if I can whoop if I can whoop the flesh, no I can whoop any devil. Yeah. We're living in a day man, the devil's fighting me. Hey, the devil's not the problem. Yep. Taylor Fish is the problem. Yep. The devil's not the problem. The flesh is the problem. If I can whip the flesh, I can whip any devil. Well said. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for preaching to us tonight. Thank you for coming on Biblos. It's always an honor to have you. Honored to be on here. Amen. I hate I didn't wear a tie this time. (laughs) (laughs) You preached your way right out of it. No, that's great, and and we're looking forward to the rest of the Nexus Conference and and the Connection Conference coming up in March. And for those of you that are listening, I hope this helps you. Um, God will give you grace to overcome. It is not hopeless. Satan is not too strong. This world is not too powerful. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the Holy Ghost that's inside of us, if we will give ourselves to prayer and fasting and the reading of the word of God, never take a day off. Let let God work in you and God will set you free and help you and strengthen you. Amen. So until next time, God bless you. God keep you. and God cause his face to shine upon you.